I'm David Webb, Director of Investment Management at JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast being recorded on September 15th, 2021. While fall tends to bring a new energy with schools restarting, football games, and breaking out a warmer wardrobe, historically September has been a more difficult month for investors. To take a closer look at what's driving the markets this fall, joining me today is my colleague Michael Bellotta, a senior advisor and investment strategist and a member of our JMBA Investment Committee. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, David. Thank you. Mike, investors seem to have realized that the global economy may have possibly reached peak growth during the third quarter, and inflation fears have abated somewhat. So I've simply got to ask, what hasn't changed, and what is the JMBA Investment Committee keeping their eyes on? Yeah, well, what hasn't changed probably most predominantly is that the equity markets have continued to go up. Uh, There is the saying, don't fight the tape, meaning that no matter what you feel or think should be happening, it's important to get on the same side of what is happening. And minus a few pauses here and there, the the markets uh, here in the United States, certainly, but globally to a, a lesser extent, but have continued to go up. Uh, Then there's also the saying, don't fight the Fed, which means that if we have an accommodative Fed through money supply, low interest rates and so on, that's also a condition that's conducive to positive equity returns typically. So that's also something you usually don't want to bet on the other side on from an investment perspective. So from the close on March 23rd of 2020, when the Fed basically announced that they were coming to the party with a blank checkbook, there have been 73 new all-time highs in the S&P 500, and the index is up a little over 100% during that time frame. Now, we'll talk seasonality and current conditions in a minute, but the way that the financial markets have behaved since the day that the Fed announced that is nothing short of amazing. The problem with a market advance like that is that complacency sets in, And there have only been two to three pullbacks, which very quickly ended up being, you know, by the very small dip moments. And it's now been nearly a year since we experienced the last 5% correction. We normally have two to three each year on average. And this year, 2021, we haven't had any. And the last one was in October of 2020. You know, in the passage of time alone doesn't mean that we're due for one, but it certainly does increase the odds that you're getting to a more mature phase in the cycle. The second thing is it's been almost 18 months since we've had a double digit correction. And the average there, too, is that we usually have at least one 10 percent correction each year. The issue with the complacency and low volatility is that while it's nice when it's occurring, what it does do is it kind of sets the stage up for a potential out of left field disruption, you know, something that the markets weren't anticipating, a number that ends up being disappointing uh, or what have you that that really has a tendency to maybe upset the apple cart a little bit more than if the markets were already on edge a little bit. So that complacency is something that we have been watching and will continue to watch. Uh, you know, having said that, even as the markets have been reaching new highs seemingly every week or two, there's been some fairly significant rotations along the way under the surface, meaning large and small cap stocks, growth and value stocks. So while the headline market averages have barely taken a pause, there has been some noticeable action between the returns of various asset classes at different times during this recovery. 
And that's one of the ways that we are trying to kind of play this market is by carrying some overweights to either large or small uh, and growth or value. You know, we have had a pretty big value overweight on for the last, oh, probably 12 months now since the first vaccines were announced in, in November of 2020. And that has benefited. But now we seem to be a little bit more back in a neutral stage. And some of the things that will occur over the next you know, few weeks and months here will determine if there's going to be another leg up for value or if we're going to go back to that you know, sort of growth reassertion. So the first thing is, is just kind of the, the overarching or uninterrupted market that we've seen. A lot of that has been due to earnings growth. And, you know, it's, it's been coined over time that earnings and profits are the mother's milk of all bull markets. And in short, you know, as long as companies continue to come in and meet or exceed what's expected of them in that area, the market can advance. Or, you know, if the market has a tendency to think that the trend will be changing, meaning, hey, we're in the doldrums now, but three to six months out, we're going to be in good shape, which is exactly what happened last spring, 2020. Uh, the market can advance in anticipation of that. And that's been happening in spades this year. Normally what happens is analysts set a, uh, a target, and then as the year goes on, they revise that lower. Companies come out and kind of get all their dirty laundry out in the middle of the year, and then they set the stage, hopefully, for a good end of the year. And what's been happening this year, however, is that companies exceed the quarterly estimate. Analysts change it for both current and future, but they're still very conservative in increasing that future estimate so that when we get to the next quarter, companies exceed it again. And we've had that happen by you know one of the most pronounced uh, amounts in, in history, and that's been a big catalyst for additional uh, returns. Now, eventually that starts to peter out a little bit, and that's one of the things that we'll be watching you know, going forward. Thanks, what else uh, might be playing a role, Mike? The last thing that I would say, or one of the more important things, just from the overall environment standpoint, is the low interest rates in the accommodative Fed. And I mentioned earlier about the two, don't fight the tape and don't fight the Fed. This is where that one comes in. You know, we've had some inflationary pressures mostly exhibiting themselves uh, a few months back, so much so that interest rates went up in anticipation of the Fed needing to take action sooner rather than later. Since that time, however, while the inflation numbers have been a little bit higher than what you might like, the feeling is that they're going to prove to be transitory as some of these supply constraints get worked out, come back online, uh, you know, into the fall here. So, you know, interest rates in anticipation of that have gone all the way back down again, where today the 10-year Treasury is below 1.3%. Now, the Fed meets again next week, and the feeling there is while they might allude to the conditions that they'll need to see to begin tapering or to increase interest rates is that they will be on hold with the taper probably until late in the year uh, or maybe even the first part of 2022, depending on you know the conditions that we see, but that they won't hike interest rates until into 2022. And we'll see if that's the case. Is there anything else important that investors should be thinking about? Uh, One last thing is seasonality. And you mentioned about September, you know, not being an often a great one for the markets. In fact, September is the worst month on average of all 12 for stock market performance. And actually, it's the only month of all 12 going back 
you know, 80 years, that average is a loss. And so, you know, the banner has picked up there too, that, you know, we're in that time of year now when markets can encounter additional volatility. People come back from their summer vacations, they start to trade uh, and the S&P, you know, picks up volume to the sell side and just kind of a status check on that. Currently, uh, September's has the S&P down about one and a half percent, while the small cap Russell is down two to two and a half. Uh, so not anything, you know, great as far as that's concerned, but still a, a negative trend nonetheless that we'll see, you know, how that plays out the rest of this month and into October. Thanks for that perspective, Mike. Given all the uncertainties, though, related to the pandemic and challenges that still remain unresolved, what are the two to three primary reasons supporting our overweight stock position at the expense of fixed income? Yeah, I think this becomes a little bit more simplistic in nature. It could be a little bit more simplistic in nature. The first is that there's no other alternative, right? If somebody wants to invest their money productively and put it in an area where they do have a, a positive risk return profile, you know, you start going through the options of stocks, bonds, cash, real estate, uh, and so on. And you end up getting back to all of the other options not being even as attractive as stocks are currently. So right now, I think that becomes reason number one is, you know, while we think we're getting to a little bit more of a mature phase, there's really not of other, you know, a lot of other good alternatives. The second one is that we think that growth has probably been deferred a little bit or slowed, but not derailed entirely. So there could be another resumption here in you know, the late third or fourth quarter, if Delta or, or the other variants start to subside a little bit, growth picks back up again, because right now there are very little, if any, signs of a recession on the horizon. So while we might be talking about a pullback, uh, we certainly aren't looking at anything that becomes more problematic at this point as far as a recession or a bear market is concerned. And then, of course, the third would be just the low interest rate uh, and accommodative Fed, which that might be coming closer to an end. But that's one of the biggest reasons as well that we think stocks currently still carry an overweight versus other asset classes. Well, thanks for being with us today. And we really appreciate the, the great discussion, Mike. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We hope you will visit jmba.com and tune into our other podcasts in the future. And thank you for your continued trust in JMBA, not just as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA financial advisors or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com disclosure.